0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Two Lawyers Talking Law of One. My name is Virginia Robin. I'm a modern shaman and former practising lawyer. And together with Geraldine Johns-Putra, we're discussing the law of one and exploring what it might look like if the law as we knew it shifted toward applying a more unifying law of one. This is a ten-part series in which we'll see how the law of one could look as a solution to various societal questions. And today, uh, in our fifth episode, we're looking at climate change. It's a pretty um, interesting topic: climate change and whether, in fact, things like carbon is the uh, carbon is in fact the enemy. So, Geraldine, I'll, I'll get you to start this one today. Oh,
1: thanks, Virginia. I've got to say, um, before we we launch into uh, the topic uh, in more detail, I'll have to say that I'm not a scientist and I'm not an expert on the science behind climate change. Uh, I am a lawyer who works with corporations and businesses around uh, how to implement policies that are friendlier to the planet and friendlier to communities uh, and not focused solely on profit. So, and even in that sense, I, I tend to work across a wide range of areas, including modern slavery um, and, and uh, business and human rights or the intersection of business and human rights, and I have some work that I do uh, on environmental-type policies. So I just wanted to make that, make that statement uh, because I don't, want to go deeply into the science of of climate change. I think that that's probably best left to other experts in other forums. What I will say, however, is that I've observed an immense amount of debate around climate change, what it means, uh, whether it's real, how quickly we have to act, uh, before we're, we're impacted in a way that's uh, severe or, or in a way that's um, that's inevitable that we're going to cause our own demise on this planet as a race. I mean, there are all of these arguments about uh, how much time we have left, uh, how how much we should be reducing our emissions of greenhouse gases Um how much we uh, should be ensuring that uh, the temperature of the planet doesn't exceed a certain uh, amount by a certain date and and so on and so forth. So what I'm seeing is that almost at every stage of every aspect of climate change creates debate. It's a very, very divisive topic. And what I would say about it is that it's a bit of a shame from my perspective Because when I speak to people who are motivated to do something about climate change, they're coming from a place of love. And that is love for the planet and love for the human race and love for the animals and the plants and and all of these diverse species that live on this planet. So it's kind of perverse that something that's motivated by love and oneness feeling of interconnectedness with all that I've spoken about, is it actually leads to divisiveness. So what I'd really like to bring this discussion to is the idea that we can use climate change to promote oneness, and if we align ourselves with the law of one thinking, uh, then we'd actually be able to achieve quite a lot more um, in terms of the environment and reducing our impact, our negative impact on this planet.
0: Yeah, look, I think you're so right there because like many things, I think, uh, topical things on the planet at the moment, who knows what the truth is? So yes, I come from the same point of view. I don't know the science behind it. Uh, You hear one thing and then another thing. And to me, that uh, I will never know the truth of what is really happening. So what I do in that situation from the perspective of the law of one is go back to how am I feeling? Because we're all connected. So I have an impact, my energy, my personal energy has an impact on the entire collective. And that's how I see uh, (laughs) making a solution uh, to uh, if, if there is in fact a problem, what is the solution? And I always go back to how do I, am I reacting in life or am I creating something positive? And that's as much as I can do. Um, so, yes, that's that's fundamentally it. And in some ways I think if I'm feeling in a state of peace, like what is I see everything in my life as a reflection of who I am and these are, these are the topics that uh, I find uh, valuable for me is, well, well, in my immediate environment, what's happening? And, and how is that re- reflecting who I am at any moment? And so if I'm not at least at peace, I need the, to do the work. Hmm.
1: So I, uh, I think that I'm at a place where I do believe that the impact that we're having on this planet is not conducive to uh, uh, the way that we would like to live on this planet or the way we prefer to live on this planet. It's not conducive to to the Amazon rainforest or to um, biodiversity. I think that we, I personally see impacts of it in the work that I do, whether it's cutting down rainforests or uh, losing diversity of species or um, – Increasing the vulnerability of communities who say live in certain areas like the coasts. Um, I I am more of the view that we could do more. But the question for me is, uh, and I would like to do more. See, where I come from, my, the position that I come from is I'm I feel motivated to help uh, to change the way we're living as a species. Uh, I feel that that's part of my role here, uh, and I feel that I have a set of skills that I can use to help bring that about, along with obviously many, many, many different people from different walks of life with different skills, different professions, and different, different experiences. So what I would like to see is more... Co- cooperation, more collaboration. That's actually achieving something. Uh, that's changing what I'm talking about. You know, so I'd like to see what I'd like to see coming out of the um, awareness of climate change is I I, I like to see uh, things like you know in Australia we've just had our federal election, our general election, where we actually brought in a new government. Uh, the number one issue for voters in that election was climate change. Now, you can call it climate change, or you could actually say it was the environment. It's our planet. Uh, That has not, as far as I'm aware, happened in this country before, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, to me, that's an opportunity. It's a massive opportunity that we can grasp to say, well, now we've got all of this love going towards this planet, and we can we can change the way we're doing things, um, and so I actually I think that that we can s- start switching towards a focus on carbon, as you mentioned earlier, um, as as something that needs to be reduced to zero, um, and carbon footprints uh, solely towards a more regenerative uh, way of living, and they've been you know that's more sustainable a uh, very popular expression is there's no planet b that's absolutely right we have a very extractive mindset mindset um or we have been living with a very extractive mindset where we just we just consume and throw away consume and throw away and that's that is not sustainable um and we, we now have the opportunity with all the goodwill and the love towards the planet to change that. And I would like to see more of a focus away from what I think is quite narrow, uh, the carbon debate or the, car- the, car- the campaign to reduce carbon to, to net zero um, towards a whole shift in in uh, everything from the materials we use to the way we treat ourselves uh, towards regeneration and, and and the cycle of life, which you know is a far
0: more um, spiritual way of approaching things. Well, I think yeah, that's um, precisely it. The idea of consumerism, you know, to reduce consumerism is reducing the carbon footprint, I believe. And why are we consuming? That's the question. That I believe needs to be asked if everyone can then sit with themselves and say rather than being concerned or responding to what's going on out there it's just like what am I doing why am I needing to consume you know we have fast fashion and things like that why do I need the the latest t-shirt in another shade I can I can keep using the one I have um and and then maybe select uh brands uh, when you know, we can't always uh, ascertain whether a company is, in fact, doing what they're saying they're doing, but we can only go by how we feel about something. And I think if we personally select to consume less, we'll get by. I mean, who cares whether I have three shades of green in a T-shirt? Who cares?
1: Yeah, And you you bring up a a really critical point, which is, like, can we actually tell what a company or business is doing to impact the environment positively or negatively? A lot of climate change, law around climate change, focuses on disclosures. So uh, companies now are increasingly pressured or required by regulation um, to disclose what the impact of the businesses are uh, on the climate. Uh, as well as the risk of climate change, the risk that their businesses are being exposed to by the changes in climate. So there's a lot of disclosure going on. And what's so interesting about what you're saying is how how can we tell is that's that's actually a critical question. Uh, there's There's a limit to how much businesses can disclose and there's a limit to how useful that information is. So mm-hmm. I would say that it, what that leads to then is this concept of greenwashing where people mm-hmm. are focusing on the information they put out rather than the actions that they need to take and lawyers especially are then focusing on on testing the information and whether that information is accurate or whether it's misleading or deceptive and taking action looking for an opportunity to you know, um uh to, to either make a name for themselves or or to make some money out of their, their own practice, um, rather than thinking about how best what what action could we take to actually get to the best end result, which is one where we're not um, raping and pillaging the, the planet. So greenwashing, your point about disclosure leads directly into this whole concept of greenwashing and, and how how Separational thinking is that someone else is causing the problem with the planet, and they need to then tell me what they're doing or not doing, and I will make that decision as to whether I I buy their goods or or their services or not. Which goes back to what you're saying about you know rather than thinking about ourselves and how we're feeling. So we then we create this whole chain of disclosure and, you know, um, and and risk um, and leaving it to other people rather than internalizing and saying well okay this is our problem together and we fix it all together so that's so I think that there's a, a um, another issue with the way that we're approaching climate change and in fact with most ESG or environmental social governance type concepts, um, is that we are setting up this whole it's your problem, it's your problem chain, rather than it's our problem, let's find a, a positive solution and take some some um, collaborative action. And collaborative action is there, but the mindset, um, we would benefit from changing to we're all in it, um, and rather than, than taking legal action against a company, uh, what can we do to to actually um make, make the actions a company can take, you know, create as safe a space as possible so everybody is able to, to uh, take the best steps that they can and divert their resources towards it rather than trying to put up a front uh, and defend themselves against legal action.
0: Yeah, look, and the, the idea of brainwashing is still fear-based, isn't it? It's just like I'm going to... Uh, show you something that I'm not doing that's that's, uh, misrepresenting myself. Yeah. And also then people are afraid if I don't buy the thing that says it's green, then I'm not supporting the planet. I I come back to the consumerism idea as to why are you so empty that you have to keep filling yourself up with stuff, Fun teacher I know calls it stuffology. We just keep filling ourselves up with stuff. Why do we need so much stuff? And I think that is a beginning to come back to ourselves. Why are we so empty? Why aren't we more peaceful? As I said, that will then reflect externally in the environment because if you are not consuming so much on the planet, the planet does not have to give you so much. You are not extracting and then you have more time to regenerate. Yet we slow everything down to a more peaceful uh, pace. Then we have time for regeneration. And there are many beautiful organisations working in this space that are really um, uh, on uh, sort of separate platforms completely to our regular industry uh, that aren't having to put out a, a misrepresented position. They're really starting ground up, if you like, And um, I'm involved with a couple of them and I think it's, you know, wonderful. And I think we can all look around to see what else is going on out there that is not uh, the decentralised idea is really gaining traction. But I do, I I simply believe everything comes back to a very personal um, state of being for us all. So if you're in a loving state of being, generally you don't want for much You're not reaching out all the time for the latest gadget, for the latest clothing, for the latest thing. You're concerned about what you're eating, uh, how it's grown. You're preferring organic, you know, all these sorts of things. The individual automatically moves into a space of when we're just loving our own self Mm -hmm. and that self-love is reflected externally to love for the planet. Uh, I know many young people are in that space. They are concerned and it is a fear rather than coming back to themselves saying, oh, what can I do to love me? And when I make loving choices for me, I make it for everybody. The planet is connected to us. We are one.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of climate hysteria that's being churned up uh, amongst people, particularly young people. So it's creating a whole other a pandemic of depression and anxiety amongst young people because they actually, when they're told that the uh, life on Earth is essentially under threat by the year 2030 or 2040 or 2050 if we don't do X, Y, Z, then that's particularly scary if you're a 10-year-old, you you think that there is just no future. So it's taking future and dreams and hopes away from our young people, framing it that way. Um and that you know, as you know, once you you fill yourself with fear, there's no room for love because they're just opposite emotions uh so that fear gives rise to anger and self-righteousness, which is not very productive um energies my that's my feeling. so um you know that self-righteousness
0: is very separational it it that's really that's just a fear. Mm. Yeah, Even if you think you're standing up for rights, it's uh, you're still pushing against, and in an energetic world, that is just creating a resistance. Yeah, it's indeed. up to you just to be in a state of love and peace, and it's, that's not meaning you don't do anything. You are very active in making choice. It's a personal thing. Every time you raise your your own consciousness that little bit more, you are raising it for the entire planet. Yeah. It's your own work. I I that's really my view on it. Whereas yeah. you know, those that are standing up and fighting, look, they're coming from a beautiful place, but that if we've even seen the vegans do it <laughs> with force. Nobody responds to force. People push against. It's a resist just simply a resistance and a flow. Just because
1: yeah. that's an interesting energy that you talk about because I I eat mostly plant-based now. Um, I did begin eating plant-based about 15 years ago um, and then I went back to eating um, meat. And and the energy around what I was doing 15 years ago around being a vegan was very different. Um, I personally have never been the kind of person to say, you should eat this or you shouldn't eat that. Uh, I've just felt happier in myself when I don't eat meet regularly or don't you know for months and months at a time but i noticed also going to restaurants and things like that when 15 years ago that was very much "Ooh, um all right well you're kind of strange right. or We'll see what we can do <laughs> um, whereas now it's it's uh, just another choice which is a very healthy way to look at it right and i i feel that sense also amongst plant-based eaters it's like well this is my choice and i'm not pushing it down other people's throats and that's the way and you see the numbers right so it's maybe like fewer than five percent of people were eating plant-based when i was first starting to eat plant-based and then now it's just grown through the roof um because the energy is so much more positive right you know it's it's like you said it's not like someone's forcing you to do it or making you feel bad if you choose another way it's saying here's a choice and and think about it and see how you feel it's the same with absolutely the same with uh, environmental issues
0: it is because should should is simply a resistance if you tell anyone you should do this even concerning the environment it's your you mind your own environment and then that does it for everybody on the planet yes there's there's no should on this planet You, you can't push a flow it's it's from an energetic perspective, and that's look. That's the way I see it. Um, yeah, it, it, because it, we have people. Uh, I think. Uh, I think it's Elon Musk trying to take us to Mars so we can escape this planet. And as I say, you take yourself with you wherever you go. Sure, <laughs> so you take the whole the whole planet and the whole pattern with you, unless we all shift our energy from. Uh, and I do believe it's about the consumerism, the emptiness we are each feeling. Let's find ourselves in a fulfilled place of peace and love and I know people don't they're afraid of the word love so I just choose the word peace it means when you're feeling peaceful you're satisfied there you don't need to be you are fulfilled you are filled you are filled up you don't need anything but just the regular you know the regular you're in the flow of life and it's as you say it's so much more uh satisfying choosing to eat foods you prefer and you're listening to your body it's a reconnection to yourself and we have been disconnected from ourselves and we're looking outside of ourselves to find that fulfillment but actually it's just simply sitting with why am I feeling this way and it, it seems trite to say it but it is so very powerful
1: Rather rather the best listening des- to
0: the parent out there. Mm.
1: One of the best descriptions that, that I've heard of this is that, you know, we're all interconnected uh, in, in a, almost like in a cellular way on this planet. So we're just like the different cells in, in our bodies. And, and every cell has its own aim and its own role. And all we have to do is be ourselves. So our cells don't go, oh, you know, like I'm a liver cell and I, I just don't want to be a liver cell. I want to be a brain cell now. Um, what happens when our cells try and be something that they're not is they become cancerous. Mm-hmm. And so actually you know, just by by not accepting uh, you know, who we are and following our own gifts and our own inner direction, we are actually a kind of cancer in the whole system. Uh, and this is, this is act- the mindset of, of this planet, you know, the way we've been living is actually quite cancerous. And what we end up doing is we end up killing each other and the organism that supports us.
0: Yeah, I, I say it from the point of view of ease. Exactly, it's exactly the same principle that we are either fulfilled and at ease from our from our own selves. Because you know, you know, people go and uh, yeah, buy something. It makes them feel good, but it's temporary. Yeah. There's no doubt that that thing makes you feel good in that moment, but it is temporary because we know that isn't the thing. It's the feeling that you're wanting. So choose the feeling. That's satisfying if you are feeling negative all the time you are at dis-ease
1: yeah so the the you know the law of correspondence is as within so without right Uh, as above so below so the person who. Uh, you know, recycles everything assiduously, uh, but is has this massive fear that if they don't, then they're somehow not contributing or that they're destroying the planet compared to the person who's more you know, flexible about it. Maybe might, you know, forget to put the cardboard away that day into the into the recycle bin. But every time they do something, they're thinking, I'm doing this for the planet with love. Now, from where I sit, the person who's in flow, in love, comfortable with themselves, is having a greater impact onto the world than the person who's living in fear or living in self-righteousness and pointing at their neighbours and saying, oh, my goodness, that, that person's not recycling 100% of what they should be. Um, you know, we're so used to, to uh, focusing on the, on the actions and focusing on uh, externals, that we lose sight of the importance of the internal. I mean, I think I've said this, and you've said as much on this show before. That it, it, it that um, again, going back to the the, the uh, uh, cellular um, imagery, you know, we are. Every cell in my body contains the universe. We represent all, so just by changing our own actions, um, we have a greater impact on on this earth and in fact the entire universe and multi-dimensional realities. Um, so it might seem a, a world away from climate change, but it's actually just a it's a micro shift in our thinking.
0: Yeah, it's a new perspective. Yeah. Look, and, and the CIA said it in a report in 1983, the Gateway Report. Uh, that just was really revealed a couple of years ago. It was a top-secret report. And it said that this is a holographic universe. Yes, every mm-hmm. cell in your body is a representation of absolutely everything else. Now, whilst it has a form, it, yeah, your liver cell can't be telling the brain cell what to do because the brain cell is being a brain cell and it's having that experience. And that's exactly what, as what we are as individuals. We are a fractal, a component of the whole, each bringing to the planet our own personal viewpoint. But the thing is we are tending to try and have everybody else's experiences rather than our own. Mm-hmm. And when we're doing that, we keep fracturing and we keep everything apart and in fear. And we can't build regenerate anything if we're not working together by minding our own cell. Yes, <laughs> yeah, totally. that's it. Mm.
1: And so I think uh, what I what I'd really prefer to see um, I see this in in communities sometimes when I'm talking about the work that I do that just the mere mention of climate change um, incites extreme emotions Uh, sometimes to the point of people saying oh well i've actually had this before someone commented oh she's talking about climate change i've i've lost all respect for her Mm -hmm. um just because i've been speaking about climate change in a positive way and so there's a lot of judgment attached to to spiritual people who are active in reducing the impact of climate change which is kind of a bit perverse right um I'd prefer to see a oneness approach of okay, well, you know, she's talking about climate change, or somebody else is talking about climate change. Where are they coming from? What do they have to say? If you don't agree, that's totally fine. Um, but you know, giving a giving that person the benefit of listening to them and and embracing their views. Similarly, if someone doesn't believe in climate change and doesn't and thinks it's a it's a pack of lies or it's bad science, and you know, I'll listen to them and I have. Um, but I look at where and you know, are they are they engendering a kind of divisive spirit about it, or are they you know, trying to be productive in moving us forward into our evolution? Uh, and I think a, a productive way of of moving us forward would be to agree uh, that um, a change in how we've been doing things is well overdue, and it doesn't matter whether you believe in climate change or not. Uh, but let's let's be kinder to each other and to the planet, and that I think is is mm-hmm. the way forward. And that's where I see energy all over the place. You know, when I talk to companies that I work with, when I talk to businesses that that I help or advise. I see so much positive energy, um, you know, replacing the fear, people feeling good about working in companies that are more, that are greener, uh, that are taking this seriously. You know, it just is that, that positive cycle. And I compared that to the so called spiritual person who is being judgmental and saying, Oh, you believe in climate change? You know, you don't know what you're talking about. And, and where do I feel like I want to put my energies? It's with the people who are collaborating and being positive and doing, you know, waking up and saying, I want to help people and the planet.
0: Yeah, it's who do you resonate with? That's it. So there's a positive resonation when you hear those people. But as you said, Uh, irrespective of anyone's views, everyone's truth is true for them. So if you don't believe something, that is true. If you do believe something, that is true. Otherwise, you wouldn't say it. You don't say things because you don't believe they're not true. And this is where I believe this uh, as a humanity now. We we really do need compassion for everybody and their view and say this is from my perspective because compassion holds the energy of love. So it's not like, oh, you're wrong. It's like, oh, I see your point of view. Okay, that's a point of view. That's okay.
1: And the the energy I'm talking about that I resonate with is far more creative. So yes. it's creative and it's open to inspiration. And so a lot of the a lot of the issues that we have around um, the environment and with climate change is that we still appear to be suffering from a a way of creating energy for ourselves um, that we can use on this planet in this three D plane uh, that that do- isn't very impactful on the planet, right? So whether you're talking about coal or, or oil and gas or solar or wind, um, there's a whatever way we we tend to. Try and um, create generate that energy has a lot of impact. So even solar, so coal and oil and gas, yes, we understand. You know that's very extractive. It takes resources from the ground that we're not we're not replenishing, um, and also you know uh, has impacts like um, like uh, environmental uh, pollution. Uh, but solar and wind has issues too because uh, there's issues around storage and there are issues around um, uh, how uh reliable they are you know we're just in australia now facing uh, facing winter and uh, our electricity markets are in crisis part of that is and part of the argue, whole argument is if we all move to re- renewable energy sources you know, one one uh, f- side says that we'd be far better off we wouldn't have this crisis another side says but hang on a minute um We'd have less reliability. Another side says we can't even build the batteries for the renewable energy without impacting the planet, because those batteries are created out of rare earth um, minerals and so on and so forth. So every which way we try and create energy for ourselves, um, we end up, you know, with the same problem, which is like creating damage to the planet. So the creative space that I was talking about that's where I feel I'm like I started this by saying I'm not a scientist but that's where I feel the genius scientists amongst us if they dwell there they will get the inspiration because I truly believe that there are um are other beings who have been through this you know who mm. have ways and and have overcome this this idea that we have that 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 we have to create energy and and that we with by by using up energy that we've only got so much this kind of scarcity mindset and i believe that there are ways to towards abundance if we change our mindset and and dwell in that creative space where we'll find those
0: yeah i think you're absolutely right there and that is shifting consciousness so if we become becoming more authentic uh, more in love in the state of love that's where the creative juices lie and then anything can be created look you know we had horse and cart who would have thought we'd have a mobile phone you know yeah it's it's all of those technologies have come from amazing and I'm sure the technologies are there but we don't know about them and I've, I've heard a lot of stuff but I don't know any of that to be the truth what I do know is that we are very, very highly creative beings and we can have access to information if we, if we come back to a state of uh, moving out of the state of fear because fear does control the planet right now mm. Mm. and it is not buying into the fear. When we're not buying into the fear, we are helping everybody.
1: Yep. Exactly, and if we are lending our personal energies uh, towards a clean future, one where we have abundant energy and abundant resources, then we are enabling, lending our energies to, uh, to you know, people bringing in what we need for that future to happen, even if we're not personally bringing it in ourselves.
0: That's it, exactly. We're all contributing. So Yeah. Yeah, look, that is absolutely a a fabulous talk today. Climate change is a difficult topic, uh, but I think if we're just looking at it from a completely different place from the energetic, uh, no pun intended, um, but that we are all energy and we are all one and we are all connected, minding our own energy first, Mm. not, not being in a state of fear, I think we can really make a difference that way. And we don't have to rely on anybody else to tell us what is true or not. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better, Virginia. Yeah. So thank you all so much for tuning in today. Thanks, Geraldine. It's been fun and we'll see you again next time. Bye for now. Bye.